focus on Mary. And um, as we look through her, her song um, uh, in uh, verses 46 to 56, um, we, um, we see two elements to it. We see divine initiative. Uh, God is the mighty one who saves, she says. And then human response, we see her response, which is humble trust and great joy. And so there's a sort of bursting. Actually, it says she said, but she probably sang, didn't she? Or maybe she said it and then they put it to music. They've certainly put it to music in a lot of different ways since, haven't they? The Magnificat is the traditional name for this section. But whether she said it, sung it, it came out of her mouth that her soul glorified the Lord. We'll get to that. Let's look at the divine initiative first. The mighty one who saves. That's who God is. Verse 46. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. That's who he is. He's Lord, he's Saviour. Verse 49. The mighty one has done great things for me. I guess there's no surprise to uh, think of God and to think he's mighty, he's powerful, he's able to do things. But the question is, how does he use his power? How does Almighty God use his power in the world? Is it to force people to glorify him or to conform to his will? No. God uses his mighty power to save his people. And that's what Mary understood, and she praised him as God my saviour. And uh, we're not going to look at every verse of this, but if you dip to the end of it, to um, verse 55, you see that what God did 2,000 years ago, he'd actually promised even further back to Abraham. He promised to save his people. In verse 55, remembers that. And then 54 is where Mary's just saying, he's just done it. He's remembered that promise from hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Now he's doing it in my day, and she's so excited about that. And that's the pattern. God taking initiative. It may take him a while to do what he's promised to do as it's it's a while since Jesus was around. He promised he's going to come back. We believe he is. God takes initiative. He does keep his promises. And when we realize, gosh, he's, he's done something amazing, we respond and we do glorify him and thank him and magnify him with our souls. So, uh, verses 48 to 49, uh, just dipping into the middle of it there, uh, Mary sees her uh, example as a wonderful way of the way that uh, God is. Her experience, uh, she says, listen, I'm in a humble state, but God has done something uh, great for me. And, uh, of course, she becomes the mother of Emmanuel, God with us. Now, when it, when it um, talks about God being mindful of the humble state of his servant, it's not saying that, you know, God looked down from heaven and thought, goodness me, Mary is such a super humble lady. No, it's, it's talking about her state, her status. She is part of a nation of people uh, under a Roman occupation, um, downtrodden, a humble status, But God sees her and her nation and he says, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to take initiative. I am mighty and I am going to save. 
and he deliberately involves uh, people who are weak, people in a humble situation, people like Mary, who otherwise we'd have never heard of. But God involved her. You see, I, I, I imagine that, you know, the God who made everything could have entered the world, I don't know, I don't know how, many, how many different ways he could have done it. I, I'm presuming if he created everything out of nothing, created a universe, he didn't have to involve the existing human race when he became human. But he did. He chose us. He chose Mary because he wanted to bless her. And her response shows that he did choose the right woman. Actually, she was a humble person. <laughs> this, is a, this is the flip. Is actually, she res- she, she, when, she, when she heard what God was going to do, which was pretty weird, we have to say, you're engaged to be married and suddenly, you know, you're waiting until your marriage day and suddenly an angel appears and says, you're pregnant, lady. I mean, that is a pretty weird thing to happen on whichever day of the week it was. And when it happened, and we get it at the end of um, the last section, don't we? Uh, the angel says, verse 37, no word from God will ever fail. And Mary says, okay, I accept it. I, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to be, to be fulfilled. Uh, so God uh, did choose the right member of this uh, nation in a humble state, someone who would, uh, as uh, we read from uh, Elizabeth, put her trust in what God says. Uh, who believed what the angel said. But um, the thing about this is that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't get uh, into the place that some people get terribly muddled about Mary because she's a good example. And uh, over the years they've said and written all sorts of um, uh, sort of overblown things about her. So um, you don't have to be a Roman Catholic. It happens in the Church of England too that uh, you'll find some people who... Um, who start talking about the fact that she, she never sinned in the whole of her life. Or um, that uh, she um, actually never, she always stayed a virgin, she never actually um, uh, uh, came together with Joseph. Uh, where actually the Bible talks about her other kids, um, Jesus' um, uh, half-brothers and sisters. Um, and you get all these sort of slightly strange things that she sort of bodily, bodily rose into heaven at the end of her life, like, like Jesus did. And, and those sort of things are out there, this sort of myth of Mary. And I have no doubt, to be honest, if we look at Mary in action here, she'd be horrified at all the things that have been said about her that have deflected people away from trusting God because her example is someone who trusts God, who says, yeah, I'm going to follow what God says. I want to do a little, do a little uh, we don't always do this, but turn few, few, forward a few pages. Would you find Luke uh, chapter 11? Because there's something there that really helps us this, 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 to clear up this misunderstanding of Mary. Uh, page 1043, and where are we after? 27. Yeah, that's it. Page 1043, Luke chapter 11. Verse 27, Jesus is teaching, and as he was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. See that comparison, that contrast that Jesus is making? Mary was incredibly blessed for nine months. 
she had God living within her. That's an extraordinary privilege. But, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Even more blessed, you see. Because the same Holy Spirit who did whatever genetic engineering was necessary to uh, produce a virgin birth, that same Holy Spirit comes to live in everyone who hears the word of God and obeys it. The very presence of God himself in the life of ordinary people like you and me, working in us, connecting us to God, shaping us to be more like him in our lives. That is amazing, and it's permanent. It's not just for nine months like Mary had. It's permanent. It's, it's an even greater blessing, as Mary herself would come to realize as she put her faith in what Jesus did and taught. You see, even at this stage, um, if we go back to um, Luke chapter 1, uh, Mary can see that God is saving his people. It's much bigger than her being blessed. She praises in verse 49, the mighty one who's doing great things for her. She remembers that holy is his name. And then verse 50, his mercy extends to all who fear him from generation to generation. So God takes the initiative. He's the mighty one who saves. What response should we make? Well, Mary's response is one that's really joyful and which glorifies God. And it starts with what uh, we saw with uh, her and Elizabeth uh, back in verses 37 and 38, and then Elizabeth saying, Blessed are you among women, verse 42. Um, and verse 45, Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. You see, the angel said no word from God would ever fail. Mary said, okay then. She heard the word of God. She, she obeyed it. She, she got in line with it. She believed it. And as it sort of, it's almost kind of like, as it slots down into our souls, it produces joy and it comes out of our mouths. Verse 46, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I don't know whether any of you watched um, Sports Personality of the Year. I didn't watch the show, but I watched some clips on the uh, website. They had the awards this last week. And the England netball team uh, won um, the best team for beating Australia in Australia and bringing home the gold in the Commonwealth Games for the very first time. But they won a second award, which I think they weren't ready for because they seemed surprised on stage. They won an award for the greatest sporting moment of 2018. And they played the clip of them celebrating the victory because they, they, the winning goal was just before the final whistle. The goal went in, the whistle blew. I think this is some kind of overtime, whatever they... Uh, that's not a netball term, I'm so sorry, that's the wrong term. But the goal went in, the whistle blew, and just their joy as they celebrated and hugged each other in disbelief. It was so infectious, so... Con I mean, I was, you know, I'm not a netball fan, particularly... I like sport, but I just thought I could feel their joy as I watched the clip on the TV. There was something amazing about it, which is why the uh, public voted in, and uh, they won the uh, award for the greatest moment. Can I just say, if you can leap around like that when you score a goal, maybe you're allowed to get excited about God coming to save the world. What do you think? Yeah? And Mary's joy is not just that 
temporary glow, that glow I felt as I watched that clip, it's actually she's praising God with her soul and spirit from the, the core of who she is. She's saying, this God is so good. I'm rejoicing in him. He's saving a people. And I get to be part of it. That's her experience. And that's the Christian experience. That we get to be part of what God's doing. So how about us this morning? Uh, How are we going to respond to what God has done in Jesus Christ? Uh, For some of us, I'm I'm assuming it's a time of year where people uh, make the effort to be in church and you might be here with lots of questions. You might be thinking, I know the story, I've known it for, since I was a kid, but, you know, I, you know I, I've got questions about it. I don't believe all this stuff necessarily. And um, we're running Alpha in the new year. We'd love to invite uh, anyone and everyone, uh, particularly those with questions, to come and explore an opportunity just to take time out on a Sunday afternoon and um, to explore why do, why do people as grown-ups actually believe this stuff? Why isn't it that everyone doesn't leave it behind in childhood? What about my questions? What about the world? What about suffering and tsunamis and, uh, and volcanoes? What about people close to me? Those kind of questions are really welcome as we look into these things. Why don't you give it a go? Come and explore. Come and consider these extraordinary uh, truths Come and discover God and discover joy. Uh, these cards, I'll highlight them on the way out. They're, they're just on the left-hand side as you, as you go out. Do take one as a, an aid memoir. And do, um, there's, there's an opportunity, if um, we don't already have your contact details and you'd like us to have your contact details, just pop those on. But if you're, particularly if you're interested in Alpha, just say, yep, okay. And there's uh, a survey there of what the best time would be for you and uh, just let us know how to get in touch with you in the new year. So that's, uh, that's Alpha. But for those of us who've begun to discover what Mary is, uh, sorry, what Mary did, um, and um, I think the question of this, what we've just read, is, is how deep does that go for me? How deep does it go for you? Do we respond in the right way like she did here, of saying, okay, well, every word of God will, will come to pass. Nothing will fail. So um, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Is that our kind of attitude to God? It starts as we admit our humble state, doesn't it? To admit, yeah, okay, we're sinners. We're, we're, we need saving. We need Jesus. We need uh, him, not just back then, but today and for us. It starts with admitting that we're at the bottom, but then being lifted by him, back to God, being restored, being given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And these times, these things, they do take time to sink in. Um, Actually, that's true of a lot of things in life, important things and not so important things. They take time to sink in. Um, If you think about the advertisers this Christmas, I don't know whether there's, I've um, been watching catch-up TV, so I've uh, managed to skip most of the adverts, but... If you watch advert, if you watch standard TV and the adverts, you will see some adverts. I don't know what it is for you that just keep, and you think, oh no, every time I turn on this, that why do they do that? Why do the advertisers do that? Because they're using all their money and creativity to try and get across a message to you to buy whatever there is they're selling, and they're repeating it, whether it's a gadget or a clothes or insurance or a holiday or 
whatever it is, they're, they're putting in all that effort. But that's because they know that human beings take time for stuff to sink in. Well, so too with spiritual truths. If we're going to really receive this into our souls, it may happen in an instant like it did for Mary, but for most of us, and actually even for Mary, she needed repetition. She needed uh, Jesus to teach her when he was old enough to do that. And so, what will we prioritize to make that happen in our lives? It may be a, a friend or two you meet with and you read through something from the Bible and you pray together. It may be once we get going in the new year to, uh, to, to be involved in the life group. Or it may be just prioritizing Sundays. That's enough of a, a challenge for you. Or getting an app on your phone or one of the uh, Bible study resources. Whatever it is that helps you to keep on revisiting these truths, to go deeper into them. Let's make that a priority as we end the year and uh, prepare to start a new one. The salvation of our souls, relationship with God, it's all God's initiative. That's what God does with his power in the world. He blesses people, people like you and me, ordinary people. He includes people in his purposes. And as these truths sink into us, um, they'll make a difference in our lives as we put our trust in what God has done. It will give us joy in our souls and spirits, and it will come out of our mouths.